It is 8.33 a.m. and you're tuning into The Breakfast Show on RCD Radio on 102.9, 105.2 and 87.8 FM in the south of Luxembourg. And I'm joined by a guest in the studio right now. Uh, in front of me, I have Professor Raphael Frank. Good morning. Good morning. You are a senior research scientist in computer science at the University of Luxembourg. Uh, and you've been leading a project um, with the university's Interdisciplinary Center for Security, Reliability and Trust concerning the development of autonomous cars in the country. Um, please, could you tell us about your, your research? Um, what is it and, and what have you been looking into? Yes, so good morning. Um, yeah, so, so we have been working on, on, uh, on this topic now for, for about five, five years. So I had this, this lab around smart mobility topics. And the central idea was to build a platform to, um, yeah, to, to test autonomous vehicle technologies. And uh, we recently, let's say, showed the result by driving autonomously in the Kirschberg uh, area here in Luxembourg City. So you had a demonstration recently um, where I think it was the first time an autonomous car was driving in free traffic in Luxembourg, is that? That is correct. Um, most of the demos you see is usually in, in events and controlled environment. We wanted to go a step further and, and really see how, how these technologies behave in, in real traffic. Um, obviously, for that, we needed some specific authorizations. So it was part of the project no, to, uh, to get these authorizations for the technical check of the vehicle. Can it drive in, in, in public, uh, on public roads? And then also to get, uh, let's say, the, the political approval to do those tests. Okay. Now, before we, we get into how the demonstration went, could you first just give us a little idea? Um, how does an autonomous car work? Uh, obviously, uh, I will need a lot of time to explain you all the details. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's a robot, right? So it's, it's a car that is... Um, that is, I mean, we, we use a car that is actually a commercial car that we modified. So we, we add a brain to it, which is basically uh, computers. And then we add sensors to it to sense the environment, a little bit like the humans, you know, with the eyes sensing the environment and then taking decision on how to drive the car. And then um, we have, um, let's say, a control interface to the vehicle. So the computers, they calculate based on the environment how the, the car should drive and then sends control uh, signals to the vehicle, so how to accelerate, brake and steer the car. So is it mostly based on cameras that are set around the car? Or That's one type of, uh, of sensor, so we have uh, cameras, but then there are also other uh, type of sensors like LIDARs, which is basically uh, a laser or multiple lasers that scan the environment around the vehicle and give uh, very detailed uh, information uh, up to 200 meters of distance around the car. So actually what we do is what's called sensor fusion. We take, um, we take those different sensors put information together and then we get actually quite rich information that is then used to take a decision how to drive. Um, in reading about your research yesterday, I came up across the term th- um, HD map. What is, a, what is a HD map? Yeah, that's something, something new. I mean, if you see the cars now on the road that are um, automated, they usually um, you know, have cameras to, to identify the road, to see where they are on, on the road and then take, uh, take a decision how to drive. HD map is, is now something that we see more and more. Um, it's a little bit like a Google Maps, but um, with much more information. For example, where is the center of a lane, where the sidewalks, where buildings, where traffic lights. And this information does not need to be sensed anymore. So we have that already on board. And uh, having this source of information facilitates, let's say, the, the, the navigation and can also uh, reduce the cost of self-driving cars. So would HD maps be a, um, the next step towards getting um, 
autonomous cars on the road um, commercially? Or yes, uh, I think it's it's uh, inevitable. Um, we already see um, lots of companies, that big companies like TomTom, for example, or here. There are also lots of startups now that, that produce uh, those two maps. And um, well, what we need in, in order to have those maps also up to date is very good network, right? And with the rollout of 5G, uh, for example, this is now possible. Um, so yes, I'm, I'm convinced that this is will be part of the um, let's say the next uh, kind of uh, autonomous driving stack. So you had the demonstration uh, last week in Kirchberg. How how did it go? Well, you know, with demos, it's always a little bit like <laughs> you never know <laughs> until the day uh, the day before everything worked well, um, and uh, the day of the demo, um, everything worked well too. So that was actually quite quite nice. It was a good experience. Um, uh, I mean, all all the the press was, um, was was positive about it, and we did not have any major technical flaws. I'd say. Great. Um, so, but what would it mean if uh, we had driverless cars in Luxembourg for the for the future of transport and mobility in the country? Yeah. So, I always have to see what kind of uh, self driving cars we are talking about. If we really talk about uh, level five, which means completely. Uh, autonomous vehicles do not even need the steering wheel. You know, we could imagine, um, you know, these, these ride-hailing services like, like Uber, but without um, without a, a driver inside, obviously. And uh, this could dramatically reduce the number of vehicles we see on, on, on the road because nobody needs to own a car anymore. Maybe just as a hobby, you know, for, for the weekend drives. But, uh, but to go to work, for example, we could just hail a, a car and it would come pick you up and drop you. Uh, and this could reduce... Uh, the, the the traffic and uh, and, and obviously make on the climate I'm sure as well yeah yeah of, of course of course because uh, I mean those vehicles can also drive much more efficiently because they can coordinate uh, with each other so so but we, we are not there yet huh? so we we are long a long way uh, um, to go um, but but this is how I see it okay and so would a step kind of in between now and then be Driver or autonomous cars available commercially for people to to use, so they don't drive them. They don't need to drive themselves so much. Or do you think that's a, do you think that's something that's coming? Or would well, it? yeah, there are some. I mean, this, in the US, there's one deployment now. Um, Waymo is a company of Google. They have a taxi service in in Arizona. You can you can use you mm-hmm. can use that. However, the the conditions there are a very let's say best case scenario. Um, you have a grid, very regular grid roads. You have very good weather conditions. Very good. Uh, uh, light conditions, um, but this is something that um, yeah we'll see if if, um, if commercial companies will roll out this kind of service in Europe. Um, so far, some tried, but um, it has not been successful so far. Um, and do you have some kind of a timeline in your head when we might start to see more autonomous cars on the road in Luxembourg or or, or anywhere? In fact, yeah, that that is uh, that's the usual question. Mm-hmm. When we really see self-driving cars, I mean, I can if if you buy an, uh, a Tesla with uh, full uh, autonomous capabilities, you already have a good level of autonomy, right? But the driver is still responsible at, at all times, so that's why you have to to put your hands on the steering wheel after a couple of seconds again. So you will see um, these systems evolve in the future, uh, but they also need to be. Um, 
you know, uh, an evolution of the legal framework uh, around it, because right now the, the driver is still responsible. At some point, we want to see that, you know, you can really uh, remove your hands from the steering wheel and just do something else. And this will most probably not happen for all the environments at the same time. Maybe we will see uh, first on, on specific highways uh, where you can have uh, this kind of self-driving feature and then that will gradually move to uh, to more complex environments. So there's no specific date, I can tell you. Um, however, um, I, I think that we will see high automations on, on highways that will most probably um, be a reality next decade. Okay. Um, so what are the next steps for you in your research at the University of Luxembourg? Oh, um, so we have lots of different research projects, but they are mostly focusing on niche things, you know. Um, this platform is uh, something that we also use for, for teaching and uh, to reach out to, to the public. But let's say the... Um, the, the to, to build this self-driving car was more an engineering challenge than a research challenge. However, uh, there are some specific niches uh, we work on, on perception, for example, so how to make those camera systems better, but also on the HD maps that you mentioned. Um, so, for example, in case you have changes in the, in the map environment, how can we make sure that this information um, gets, gets updated very quickly? So those are niche projects that keeps, uh, keeps us uh, busy for the next years. Great. Well, it's fascinating stuff. Thank you so much for coming in to talk to us about that. Thank um, you. Best of luck with your research. Thank you.